0: Welcome to Art, Magic, and Medicine. This is a podcast that explores living the creative life as a restorative practice. We are going to hear from artists and writers, coaches, and creative entrepreneurs who have made a habit of choosing the aligned path. These folks explore what they have to offer in ways that ignite our spirits, theirs, and everyone that comes in contact with them, so that we can heal our bodies and evolve the collective as well. In this podcast, we're gonna talk about choosing our personal expression, what that looks like, how that shows up for people in their lives, and the freedom to explore this kind of new territory, and about how brilliant it is to be alive right now, craziest things may be, in this awakening world. I'm super glad you're here, and may you deeply enjoy this episode. Hello there. Robin Mayberry here. Coming to you on the solo cast to share about something that came to my awareness this week during a coaching session. And that was the way that I tend to derail my creative projects the moment I think that uh, I'm going to look ridiculous. The tapping that my coach and I ended up doing about it had to do with looking foolish. So which wouldn't really be my um, word that I would use, but I may use it as we share about this because it came up um, as as like the hot the hot button. Looking foolish, no, thank you. And here's the trouble: if we're going to live a creative life, okay, I will speak for myself, as I always do. If I'm going to live a creative life. That is inconsistent with living a life that everybody approves of. I cannot get my five-year plan stamped and approved and sealed and framed and everybody say, hey, yay, that is the way to do it. I, that is not going to work for me because that's not the way that I live my life, which is a bummer because part of me would absolutely love to get a big sign off on everything that I do so that everybody thinks I'm 100% awesome all of the time. But that is not the way the creative life works the way that creative life works for me is that I follow my knowing. And my knowing never tells me five years from now. And it doesn't lead me in directions that necessarily make sense. So therefore, I'm going to share a few examples of times, just in the the context of my life, not even so much as uh, projects that I've done. I've done 80 million creative projects over the time frame that we're going to be talking about here, of over the course of my adult life, I'll share a few times when I have made choices that other people definitely thought were not the right choice, and let me know. And yet they did turn out to be the right choice for me, or I don't even know if, right, you know, maybe let's just walk away from that whole paradigm, right choice, wrong choice. There's just choice, and there's just movement. So in access consciousness, which is one of the modalities that I've studied, there's a saying choice creates awareness, awareness never creates choice. That is something that I have actually lived from over time is like sometimes when I don't know what to do, you just do something or sometimes I don't know what I want but I know what I don't want. So then I will make sometimes decisions that other people are like, what? So uh, the first one that I was just going to share as an example is that I dropped out of college not once but twice. Um, I did finally get my degree. I like to always clarify that I don't know. (laughs) I worked hard for it. I want to tell people, by gum, I have my bachelor's of arts in English. Yes, indeed. However, I dropped out twice before I got there. First time was right after my freshman year, which I had no business going to. Um, I was going to take a year off, but instead decided to just stay on the track. And what happened was, I just did not go to class. So I dropped it. Well, I was invited to rethink my choices after freshman year. But where it really felt empowered to me is that a lot of the friends that I had at the time that were also struggling academically, um, a number of them decided to appeal uh, their their invitation to reconsider their lives. And I had a moment where I was clear that I was not going to reconsider that. That appeal. And until that moment, I actually was on a track. Again, I'm an English major. And if you're, well, I was. And um, yeah, you can get into, there's not, sure, you can get into almost any kind of work as an English major because you just learn how to read and write. But many people, there's sort of like the expected track is you're going to go teach. You're going to go get your English degree and you're going to go teach, or at least when I was going through school, which I don't want to tell you was a while ago. Um, but I'd get that a lot. Oh, are you gonna go be an English teacher? Or are you gonna? And I was like, Well, I guess so. Like until <laughs> until. I mean, now we're talking. I don't know. I was like maybe 19. Who knows what they're doing when they're 19? But until the end of my freshman year of college, I was going to high school. I was going to college, and then sure, I was going to be an English teacher because why not? I don't know. I didn't have any reason not to until all of a sudden I had a reason not to and I had this moment where I was like, I that's I don't want to do any of this. I don't want to go to college. I don't want to be a teacher. I don't want to be on this track. I don't want to work in the corporate world. I don't know what I want to do, but it's not that. And I dropped out. I, like, I dropped out of the whole scene. I dropped out of the whole system. Then I ended up going back a little while, and a year or two or something later, and did another couple of years, and I dropped out again, and it was another version of the same thing. I don't really want this kind of thing. And as the people around me at the time, the adult type people, were like, "This is nuts! Like, what kind of decisions are you making over here?" But I was making decisions that worked for me. They were the right decisions for me. And ultimately, when I did go back, when I did finally apply myself at college, I did great. I mean, I, I actually ended up leaving with a respectable GPA and actually got my degree, and never had to be an English teacher. Praise the Lord! That one was was off the table. But my path. It took me nine years. It took me nine years to get a four-year degree. And that was exactly how long it was supposed to take me. Now, nobody would have planned that. No high school guidance counselor would have sat down with me and said, hmm, let's see, where would be best for you to go to take nine years to get a four-year degree? Like You just can't see this stuff. You can't plan for the way things go when they go the way they want to go. That is what I have learned. So my non-traditional academic career. Um, I finally ended in a degree and that was the end of me in school. (laughs) So sometimes I get master's degree envy, but never enough to even like send in an application. So that's probably the end of that. Although life is long as we are talking about here. Then I had a similar sort of like, what the heck are you doing? Move when I used to live in Massachusetts and I moved to Washington state with um, just a handful, like I had like two bags and a backpack or something like that. And it was a very, like, who knows what's out there kind of, you know, Jack Kerouac kind of a situation, which sounds great when you're reading it in the Jack Kerouac book. But, but then when you're actually like traveling cross country and you don't really know where you're going or how you're getting back or how long you're going to be there and everyone that you know is like, what? That can be a little, um, people can discourage that kind of behavior <laughs> as, as, fun as it sounds, you know, when you're actually like packing up your life, I don't know, I'm going to go live in some other state somewhere. You know, I definitely had plenty of invitations from people to say, what are you doing? And why are you doing that? And I mean, I had good people in my life, nice people in my life at the time. And so they were gracious about it. But the message was the same, like, what, what are you doing? Why are you I had a whole life going on. And I left it. I it was, that's what it looked like. That's what it felt like. However, it turned out to be exactly the thing I had to do. It was completely the thing that I had to do. And only this one little nugget of me knew it. This one little nugget was like, that's the thing you got to do. That's the thing you got to do. So did I look ridiculous while I was doing it? Absolutely. There was absolutely people that were like, I don't know what you're up to over there. But it was the right thing to do. And this is the creative life. This is what I'm describing. So I will um, share two more. I have a whole list of these. (laughs) I will spare you. Um, But another one is the last sensible job that I had. I had a job as a 911 operator. Um, This has been a long time ago now. I believe it was 2007 when I left that job, but it was a sensible job. I mean, it was, you know, 911 operator is like, you know, not like a corporate cubicle thing. Like it was, you know, it had its own liveliness and uh, levels of interest, as you can imagine. But it was It was an office job with like regular scheduled shifts inside with air conditioning. And like, I just wanted to be able to wander around. I remember having shortly before I left that job, like I had a day off and I just went to yard sales and I was like, I just want to go to yard sales. Like that's all I want to do. I just want to wander around and go to yard sales. Like I just felt so cooped up after working there for um, a number of years. And I just got, I, I had to leave. I had to leave that job. And the thing about that job was like, Health insurance and state benefits, like all the benefits. And I, I'm, you know, I don't know. I don't even know. You know, the overtime and the vacation days and da da da. All those things, all those things that I thought I was supposed to want. Dental insurance. I, I distinctly remember a friend saying to me, You will never again get dental insurance, which has turned out to be true, actually. <laughs> But I was like, I don't care. I don't care about the dental insurance. I will take care of the dentistry because I had to leave. I just had to leave, even though it didn't make sense. The job was a good job. I was good at it. Nobody wanted me, like no one in particular really, you know, wanted me to leave, blah, blah, blah. But it was time and I had to do it. And I had to do it to start my practice as a body talk practitioner. So believe me when I tell you that 911, which is essentially a law enforcement um, environment when i told them i was leaving to start an energy medicine practice yeah you can be assured that some people thought that was insane definitely people thinking foolish move but i knew i that and and i thought it too i want to say i knew 100% of every minute that this was the right thing but here's the thing is that with these little anecdotes that i'm sharing with you no there were definitely moments when i did not know if this was the thing there was definitely times with all these and all of these moments in my life, and perhaps yours, where it's like, I have a strong knowing, go do this thing, or stop doing that thing. But this whole other part of me is like, are you crazy? So when other people, you know, validate that with some version of like, even a look on their face, like, okay, yeah, you sure that's what you want to do? It just ignites that part of me that's like, I know, I know, it's just it makes no sense. So it would be lovely if I could just say like 100% own all of my choices every second. But that is not actually what happens. What happens is it's kind of like a majority rule. (laughs) Like enough of me that knows what's coming next kind of like it just gets going and gets the wheels turning while other parts of me are like, no. So the last thing I will actually share is that Uh, earlier this year, I signed up for a coaching program that was pretty comprehensive, year-long coaching program. And this was just another one of those times that I did it exactly in a moment when I was changing my business. I did it because I was changing my business, because I had been doing a a hands-on, a lot of massage, a lot of hands-on body work, and I was switching to doing coaching and body talk. And um, I wanted support around making that switch. But the reality was that I was simultaneously making less money and spending more money. And it was um, felt pretty unnerving. And sometimes it's like I'm still in the middle of the um, the commitment. I'm in this whole commitment to, to finish this program, and I've invested in this program and this whole thing. And it still can just be a little, like, it can be scary. It can be scary. And sometimes I find myself just thinking these things. So here's where we come all the way to my, my coaching program uh, session, my coaching session the other day, where it became clear, like, I still catch myself, like, this is not what a smart person would do. What a smart person would do would be ABC. What a smart person would do, you know, with a what a person who had their shit together would like not make a decision like this. And I like, really start to criticize and judge myself. And here's the beauty of getting coaching is that, you know, when you're saying this to your coach, they go, whoop. <laughs> they go, hold on, what's that right there? What's that? I mean, that's 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 the power of that particular kind of work. And you know, it's just the kind of, I tossed off a bunch of sort of self-critical things about what kind of dork would do this or that. And the truth is that I, the truth is that I make decisions that work for my self, work for my spirit. That is the basis from which I work. I make decisions that are heart-led, that are energy-led, that are consciousness-led, and it does not always look good on paper. In fact, I just shared a few examples, but believe me, there are many more where I just was like, this is the thing. You know, sometimes it's small things where, anyway, you've heard enough examples. Sometimes it's small things. Sometimes it's large things. But when I am committed, like I am, to living a life that really feels true for me, that I'm following the cues and signals and symbolic messages that come my way of, you know, all different, in all different ways that say, hey, try this, and you're probably done with that. I'm committed to that. I'm committed to that path, which, again, this is what I call the creative life. Because to me, my life is like, I am creating it. I'm in a state of co-create, this fair to say, I'm co-creating my life with the universe, with God, with the earth. Like, I'm, but I'm part of it. I'm not just, like, oh, okay, let's just see what happens. Like, I'm engaging. And so I, that's how I, I see my lifestyle is as the creative life because I am actually creating this life. And then in this life that I'm creating, I do a lot of creating. So, you know, um, it's got many layers to it. But it's this idea of creativity really is fundamental to the way that I just function. I I really see it as a conversation, creativity, as a conversation between this voice that I'm describing that's like, it's time to drop out of school. It's time to quit this job and go start an energy medicine practice. It's time to move across the country. That little voice, it gets entangled with an action a part of me that takes action. So if I just had the voice, there would be no action or there'd be no movement. And if I had action but without any direction, then I wouldn't be going anywhere in particular. But when you put them together, it really, things shift, things open up, things bloom. But it doesn't always, here's my point, doesn't always um, look good at the start. Sometimes it doesn't look good at all. And here's the, the last thing I'll say about this. And I'm going to just talk about how um, – I'll talk a little bit more about creativity. Sometimes these things don't work out is the other piece that I want to say. You know, it would be lovely if we ha- – if 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 every time somebody tried something risky or – unconventional or off the beaten path and it worked out, then that would become the beaten path. Like people would be like, oh yeah, well, I guess we'll do that because that works. But you know, you can quit your job and just tank. In fact, that is, you know, we won't, there were some struggles <laughs> after I quit the, the reliable job. Like there were some years where I had some figuring out to do, you know, and it, I did fail actually. I did fail in a lot of different ways, but I don't really believe in failure. I believe in learning things as you go, but from a certain perspective, of a certain kind of person, they might have said, "See, see, see." I mean, they would have been right. Sometimes this, we take these risks, we do things, and people are like, "Oh my god!" You know, da 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 da, and they're right. And that really bites because, you know, if, again, if we were like every time like I'm going to be brave and I'm going to be bold and I'm going to try this thing and it always worked out, there would be nothing brave or bold about it and everybody would do it. So whatever the thing is, like chances are good if you go to four-year school and then you go to your internship program and then you get a job in something that's close to your line of work that you probably will at least probably have, I mean, who knows, in the current chances are better that you will be aligned with getting a job which will be chances are better that you'll be aligned with having better economic resources like you're more likely to line up if you do things the way that you're kind of like air quotes supposed to but what fun is that (laughs) that's no fun that's no fun at all so living from the living from the heart and living from those voices sometimes does kind of run off the rails. It does, but it always seems to loop around. Like So the path doesn't always look the way it's not just like, Oh, well I was going this direction, but instead I'm just going to zig over here. It's like you end up somewhere else, just somewhere else completely. And people go, I don't know what happened to Robin. Boy, she went like, I don't even know. And, but then later I'll turn back up. <laughs> here I am. <laughs> Everything worked out. <laughs> I wouldn't have it any other way. That is really the truth. I don't think I can have it any other way. I I have to um I really just have to let things unspool and see how they see how they show up and when I'm told to start something or stop something I reluctantly I mean I usually have to hear it pretty loud, but then I'll do it. I will do it i will stop what i need to stop and i'll start what i need to start because even if it's risky and it doesn't always work out exactly the way that i'm hoping or in the time frame that i'm hoping i always end up with something interesting every time something interesting occurs every time much more interesting than if i just did what i was supposed to which i'm just not good at and you know what? i'm i'm, I'm not saying i'm a rebel either i'm going to just kind of insert that because that's a whole archetype, the rebel archetype that I love, I did love um, on the road with Jack Kerouac. That was like oh, a um, that was a turning point. Reading that book, I love the idea of the rebel wanderer. But I'm not really actually that person. I'm really kind of more of a watch Netflix in my pajamas kind of a person. Um, but when it comes to listening to my internal cues, I am a rebel wanderer. Now, here's the other thing. I wanted to say just a few other things about how all this applies to creative projects. So that's like living a creative life, how that's shown up for me. But I started off saying how I don't want to look dumb. But yet, sometimes I do. <laughs> so, and with life choices, you know, sometimes they've been pretty... Um, Dramatic choices, but when it comes to making things and creative projects, that's like a little microcosm of a life. So now I've got this little segment of myself and my feelings, my opinions and my thoughts that I'm putting together and then putting out there in the world. And maybe somebody's not going to like it. Maybe somebody's going to have an opinion about it. Maybe somebody's going to be mad about what I said. Maybe someone's going to be sad about what I said. Or maybe somebody's going to think it's not good or wonder how I ever, you know, got anyone to look at whatever it is that I'm making. Like these are the stories that I tell myself. And when if 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 go, if it goes unexamined, basically, I just get the little bloop. Uh oh. Maybe if maybe no one's gonna like this. Ooh. Maybe somebody's, worse. No. Maybe s- somebody is not going to like this. Like nobody's gonna like it. I kind of can deal with that because it's just vague, you know. All right, whatever. But somebody is not going to like it. That's where I get like, oh no somebody is not going to like it and it's not like a conscious thing but it shows up for me it shows up in my um shows up in my mind and then what happens in my projects is that they stop and I go oh yeah I'm gonna get right back to that and then I don't get right back to that so whether it's a like I'm working on a zine project right now and I've got a couple of writing projects and I'm working on some stuff for my business that are sort of like multi-layered some paintings that I got going on in my art studio and whatnot. I've got things. I've got things that are happening and some of them are stalled. Some of them are just eh. And that is what led to this conversation earlier this week with my coach is I was like, yeah, I mean, I was losing confidence in myself because I have got stalled things. And it turns out the reason the stalled things are stalled is because I'm afraid of looking foolish. So here's what I came to understand as I thought this through is the number one I have made the foolish choice over and over in my life, as I have just detailed for you, and it has worked out consistently. Really, in the long term, I love my life. I love my life. And I got here by going, whoop, zig over here, whoop, go over there. And even if it was a little bit messy, it was a little hairy, I, this is how I got here. So okay, I definitely can't regret it. The other thing is, is that uh, as soon as something is sensible, it's no longer alive. So if it goes for like making a a creative, you know, like writing, as soon as I am writing something that I know everybody's gonna like, that thing is dead in the water. I have to write, or even this episode here. Is everybody gonna like this episode? No, some people are not gonna like this episode. That's just what happens. But if I tried to make an episode that went, oh no, I gotta make sure that everybody likes it, and everybody understands, and I don't offend anybody, and I don't say anything wrong, Uh, then I would never make an episode and I have that's happened where (laughs) I kind of got stalled because I was like oh I'm going to say something wrong or do something wrong write something wrong paint something wrong it's going to happen no matter what like it's baked in because as soon as you're actually making something fresh and new you are you're outside of those nice careful bounds you know you're out of the bumper lanes and now you're banging around and you're gonna bang into somebody something and that's kind of the point if we just were all in the safe little bumper lanes, that would be pretty pretty boring and that that's a we don't want that <laughs> we want life we want variety we want breakthrough we want breakdown we want things to engage in such a way that they become something new and that doesn't happen by doing it the safe predictable and um advisable way, whatever it is, whether it's your life or your project or whatever. The other thing I want to mention is that there has never in the history of time been a creative project that didn't look stupid at one point or another. In fact, I've just gotten to a point where I'm just like, know that especially because I, I did go to school for writing and my nine years of school, <laughs> it was for writing. So I know how to write, but I never took a single art class. Now I've like done, you know, um, Extracurricular art classes, but I've never done a, you know, a, like a, um, a college art class. I never have. It just hasn't. it's just not where my life is. When my life was college art classes, I was doing write, writing work. But now I do art, so <laughs> I've had to learn some things for myself. And I cannot do a visual piece, whether it's an art journal page or an encaustic painting or a quilt or whatever I'm making that day. Every single one of them has a stage where it is stupid and ugly. And I've just finally gotten to the point where I'm like, oh, that's that stage. <laughs> I see exactly where we are. We're at the place where I hate this. <laughs> and it's like kind of refreshing just to know that if I just stopped every project at that and like, oh, this thing is stupid and ugly, I would have nothing. I would have nothing because every single project goes to that point where it's like I am judging it so harshly and justifiably. A lot of times, like, as I'm in the middle of making something, it's really going through the stupid, ugly part of the process. And that's just how things happen. And then I stay with it and I see that this has to be cut away and that has to be added and there's too much here and there's not enough there of whatever it is, whether it's paint or words or fabric or whatever. I start to see how it needs, what it's asking for. And then we move past that into something that, you know, is at least um, more, pleasant in one way or another. It doesn't all have to be mastery, masterful works of art, but at least I can come to a place where I like looking at it or reading it. And that is like my end game. If I'm happy with whatever I have created, then then good enough. Uh, but because I know that all everything that I make has that tender point where it is just looks dorky and awkward and what are you doing? That is not. This is the other thing I've learned. One, every single creative project has that point. Two, that is not the time to ask for a critique. That is not the time. That is the time to not ask for a critique. (laughs) That is the time when if somebody offers me a critique, I say, no, thank you, because it's not ready for feedback yet. Whatever the thing is, whether it's again, like my primary things are art journaling, well, visual art and writing are my big things. And When my projects are in that place, that is not when I'm asking people to tell me what they think, because they're going to read, this thing is not working. And I'm going to go, I know. So I have learned that. I have learned to be really protective of my little seedlings exactly when they are in their ugly duckling stage. It's like, I just mixed my metaphors there, but you'll, you're following along with me. I have learned that my projects, my creative expressions have a cycle, and that part of that cycle, they have a whole arc of creation. And, a, and an element of that arc of creation is this thing is dumb. What am I even doing here? But that's just part of it. So if I stop there, it's dead. But if I keep going, Even though I'm like, I don't even know what's happening here with this thing and nobody's going to like it and blah, 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 blah. And I get all the voices. Believe me, I have all the voices in my head. And if I listen to those voices, talk about not letting anyone critique. Well, don't worry. I got them all right here in my head. If I let those voices out and start telling me how everyone's not going to like it, whatever the thing is, it's not going to, then it's, it's, it's just loses all. It's like pulling the plug. Just, it's just done. And it just stays in a half done state for a long time. I have a painting sitting behind me as we speak this, like somebody gave us this big giant canvas It's like four foot by five foot. I really don't know how to paint. I just kind of like, I just like to do it. And occasionally things come out that I'll go, oh, that's pretty cool. It's like of all the art forms that I do, painting is like the least confident, am I? But we've got this big giant painting and it's in my office and I'm still working on it. And I was kind of humming along with it. And then it hit that point where I was like, oh, Oh, I don't know what to do with this now. and uh, So I brought it back out just recently, and now I'm looking at it, and now I'm starting to get a sense of how to move forward on it because that is the process. So you get to that point, the crazy sticky point, and then you keep going. I have an invitation for you with all of these things in mind. The creative life is filled with these foolish-looking sticky points. Every single creative project has a foolish-looking sticky point. There is no way around this. If we try to, as I have many times done, if we try to dodge the foolish-looking, sticky point, or protect ourselves from being thought of as ridiculous people for making such dumb choices and 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 projects, which I have tried to protect myself from, <laughs> I, you know, without really, it's not like I'm sitting there thinking about it. Like this just got unearthed. This is a, and you know, an underlying unexamined it has been an unexamined pattern now it is clearly being an examined pattern however if we get if we get if we get sidetracked by this fear of criticizing the choices that we're making when we're making risky choices around stuff that's never been done before if you're creating it's it's never been done before and if you're creating your own life even if it looks in some ways like other people's lives It has never been done before. Nobody knows what is going to happen if you're going to make this choice or that choice. If you drop out of your job tomorrow and go move to Tibet, nobody knows what's going to happen. Maybe it'll be terrible. Maybe it'll be great. It'll probably be something in the middle. It'll be an experience. That's all we know is that you will have some kind of an experience. But we, we don't have a path when you choose the original life. So there's no way to avoid people... Um, well-meaning people who love you. There's no way to avoid well-meaning people who love you and who don't want to see you get hurt. Chances are good there's going to be somebody in your life that's like, oh, no, you know, don't get hurt if they have the opportunity to do that. And it's because we love each other and it's because we don't want to get hurt. We want, all of us want the people in our lives to be happy and healthy. But if you're the creative type, what you also need is to be free happy, healthy, and free, gotta have it, or you will wilt, you'll be like a little sad mushroom on a hot day, it will not be good, so my invitation to you is to practice the willingness to look ridiculous, just practice it, I'm gonna practice it, I will be right there with you, I'm gonna notice when I'm like, oh, I don't want to keep doing that, because of blank, 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 I'm gonna practice, I'm gonna bring it, into my awareness, and I'm going to just practice being willing to look ridiculous, to look foolish. The other invitation is that I'm going to just invite you to remember that when you are engaging in creativity, you are walking on uncharted territory. You are in brave new land that nobody has ever walked before. Nobody has ever made what you're gonna make. No one's ever made the kind of choices that you're gonna make. Nobody's ever had the kind of experiences you're gonna have, and no one ever will again. So I invite you to remember that every time you choose especially, it's for me, is always really lush if I'm choosing from that internal radar that's like, yes, please go over here. No, thank you. I'd rather not. (laughs) It's never wrong. It's never, 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 never wrong. Although sometimes it is um, unexpected the way things show up. That voice is never wrong. And when you choose from that place, you are wandering in places nobody's ever been before. So give yourself a little bit of grace. That's my invitation to you. Give yourself willingness to be... um, you know, a little bit unexpected and give yourself grace because nobody's ever done what you're doing before. And that's why it's so freaking cool that you're doing it. So I hope this was helpful to you. It was helpful to me. And I hope that you'll continue doing all the crazy, foolish, ridiculous half-baked ideas (laughs) that you've got cooking, because I know you do. I hope you'll finish all those wild graphic novels and you'll make those crazy recipes and you'll fire a pot using some kind of special kind of wood and you'll go walk the earth and all the things, all the things that that wild part of you is like, oh, you know, it'll be fun, you know, it'll be fun. And that wild part gets held back by another voice that says, oh, that's not safe, that's not safe but so what? (laughs) So what? Because we're not here to be safe. We're here to be free. We're not here to do it the way everyone else does it. We're here to do it the way that we do it. And we're here to make the world a different place by being ourselves as fully as we possibly can right here and right now. So you go do that. And you tell me all about it. Hop over to my Instagram at art.magic.medicine. DM me. Tell me what you made can't wait to hear. Sending you all kinds of big love. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Art, Magic, and Medicine. I hope that it helped you feel creative and connected and energized and ready to be who you are in the world in a way that only you can be. To keep in touch, be sure to follow the show, especially on iTunes And I invite you to join my email list at RobinMayberry.com where I'll let you know about upcoming episodes and events and occasionally brilliant essays coming out to you as well. So looking forward to hearing from you soon. Thank you so much for being here.